Hello and welcome to Listen to These Nerds. Uh, I'm John and uh, I'm here with uh, Crystal Lovaki uh, as part of our uh, series on masked uh, creators. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Yeah, uh, nice to, to talk to you. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so uh, first question, uh, how'd you get into masks? Uh, yeah, I can I can do that. So I've always been a fan of uh, superhero stuff ever since I was a kid watching uh, the Teen Titans show on Cartoon Network. But uh, it took me a while to get into TTRPGs. Uh, I was introduced to 5e through uh, a friend of a friend. His dad ran a campaign for us for a while. And after a little bit of that, I um, after a little bit of that, we I sort of grew out of 5e. I found I because I found the mechanics not to be to be restrictive. I didn't really like having to, you know, I didn't like having to figure out stuff like uh, what how how much exactly this sword does when you hit this guy with it. So I, after a little while, I moved on from 5e and I discovered. Uh, Powered by the Apocalypse through the Adventure Zone and their second season Amnesty, which was a Monster of the Week game. And down to if we're going down to masks, then I uh, I was browsing the Powered by the Apocalypse website one day and looking through the superhero section, and I saw this little game called Masks, and I saw that it was basically you Teen Titans the game. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this. This is this is this was built for me, you know? It's because it's basically my favorite genre put into a game. Right. And so how did you get from playing masks to writing masks? Well, I uh it it, it was a couple months before after I found the Discord and uh I just had an idea. For a playbook, I was I had an idea like, hey, what if there was a playbook that was like the mentor, but in reverse, where you're the one who has a sidekick and you have to deal with that. And the community on the Masks Discord was very accept was very um, accommodating of that. And I I quickly got an idea for the extra, and it sort of built out from there. Right, and that was the first of um, four playbooks you wrote. Yes. All right. Well, uh, let's get started with that one. So you've kind of given the general idea behind uh, uh, <clears throat> the mentor. Uh, do you want to just give uh, a, a quick elevator pitch about uh, what it is, what what the uh, what the drama that you're trying to invoke is? Yeah. So um, generally, my philosophy when designing a masks playbook. The secret to masks really is that it's not actually a superhero game. It's a teen drama game with a superhero skin on it. So what I took what I did with the mentor was I asked, "Hey, is there a teen issue that can be cloaked as a superhero trope?" And I thought lots of kids have, you know, this responsibility of taking care of a younger member of the family, maybe a a brother, a sister, or a cousin, maybe a nephew, if you live with your extended family. And I'm like, hey, I could take that and make it into a playbook. 
And so I sort of shopped the idea to the Masks Discord. And after coming up with a pretty good idea for the extra, so things just sort of built out from there. Yeah. So the the extra is the side is your sidekick uh, specifically yes. is the name of of it. And uh, so you decided to to make the sidekick specifically an NPC. Yes, um, I didn't want to ape the joined there with uh, because there's already a playbook that latches on to another character, and I thought you know that design space has been filled. I might as well do something new. Uh, would you like to go into it a little bit more for uh, uh, for the audience? Uh, explain kind of how the the sidekick works as a as a mechanic. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. So, um, basically, how the si- how your sidekick works is that you have a three space track, and it goes from it starts at zero, which means that there's no change to your gameplay, and it goes to one and negative one. The track at zero means that your sidekick is pretty much ambivalent to how you are teaching them. They don't hate you. They don't love you. They're just sort of neutral. And that means that you don't have any bonuses or negatives to any of your roles. But through certain uh, interactions, such as um, if you were to gain or lose influence, that would instead bump up or bump down, respectively, the independence track, as I've called it. And this independence track, when it's at one, your psychic is fawning over your every word. They just think the world of you, and they can't get enough of who you are. And uh, when it, when you're at a plus one, uh, you get a plus one to pierce, provoke, and comfort. But you also get a minus one to engage and defend, because you're sort of the the justification that I've always had in my head is that. Either you're trying to either set an ex- a better example for the kid when the track is at a plus one, or they're just literally so in your way that it's harder to do some of these more aggressive moves. And then conversely, on a minus one, your sidekick is not a fan of you right now, and so the opposite takes effect. You, uh, you get a minus one to pierce, provoke and comfort but you get a plus one to engage and defend so that something like that means that you're either just mad and you're channeling that energy about being frustrated with this little brother or whatever this this sibling figure that you have and just channeling that into more aggressive actions or you're just you're trying to be overprotective and come after anyone who might be trying to take advantage of this poor kid in some sort of when they're in a vulnerable emotional state, let's call it. And then most of the uh, the mentor moves are um, in in some way linked to the 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 extra that you uh, uh, to, yes. to your sidekick. Yes, there was a time when I thought that I that I didn't really like it like that about it, but then I looked back and a lot of playbook moves in the base game are to the extra. Like, for example, there's the the move for the Janus uh, Dangerous Web, which basically lets you set a trap, and that's linked to your mask label, which other characters don't have by default. So it used to be a bit of a sticking point, but now I've realized that if uh, Brendan Conway and Co. can get away with it, then I probably can't, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, out of the, the move, um, 
do you have a favorite uh, from the mentor? I like the two moves. That, I like the two moves that you're given a choice of at the start. Uh, either you're better than this, or pick on someone your own size. You're better than this lets you praise your sidekick, and your pick on someone your own size lets you uh, defend them from a bully. No, I'm sorry. You're better than this lets you yell at your sidekick for being doing something stupid. And so, pick on someone your own size um, lets you uh, stand up for your sidekick if someone's like being real not nice to the kid then you can be come up to them and roll this move to be like hey hey he's just a kid leave him alone and depending on how you roll things can either go well or horribly (laughs) (laughs) i I like the miss i have for pick on someone your own size where it says on a six minus the other guy has another argument up his sleeve and he won't back down this time i found that's uh pretty true to life in my experience Right. So, um, um, I, I really like the, uh, the team moves, how, how it, it centers the sidekick, but it's about how people see your relationship with them rather than just about like, uh, you know, a, an objective, like fact about, uh, you know, like where their track is or something. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really interesting way to, to use the sidekick, uh, in those moves when uh you know they're technically not a not a player character yeah like it says in the gm advice section which you should always have if you're making a masks playbook pro tip put gm advice and player advice in there your 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 play testers will thank you for it it says in the uh gm advice section is that this is not a very uh regular playbook because there is an npc that it is that the that the player character is built around and uh, that that's pretty much not been done anywhere else as far as i know yeah uh in most cases the the you know you you do have the occasional you know the legacy's family the yeah uh, or the, or the, the protege's you. mentor but yes. uh, usually it's not as like intrinsic to the playbook like i i don't see a a, a session where the, the mentor sidekick isn't uh, hanging around somewhere. Yeah. You're pretty much meant to be uh, a package deal here. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can have some separate scenes, but the vast majority, like 75% at least is going to be the two of you together. Uh, so something that, that I thought about uh, when looking at this, and I'm not sure if this has ever come up in any of the, the play tests you've done. Uh, have you ever had uh, somebody, um retire uh or become a paragon and then take up the uh the sidekick as a new character i can't say that i have but that's definitely sounds like an interesting idea something that i actually thought about would be that would be a cool character progression is that you start out as a mentor and um you finish one campaign you start up a sequel campaign that's uh, and there's a couple years time skip. You play the sidekick as a protege, and then there's a third season that's a bit further in the future where the, there's a third guy now, and it's a legacy. And there's just sort of that lineage there. And I thought that would be a really cool thing to play out, but I have not gotten the chance to do that, sadly. Yeah, no, that that sounds like that would be a really cool uh, uh, series of campaign. Um, Unfortunately, I am cursed by. Um, having mostly play by post games right now because of 
you know, the situation at large. Mm -hmm. And yeah. those tend to either really stick together or just fall apart real fast. And I've had both. The only time that I really was con seriously considering having playing the mentor was in a game that never even got to session one, which is always sad when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always uh, a lot of play by poster like that. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm, don't I know it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, is there anything else from the, the mentor you'd like uh, spotlight before moving on to the playbook? I think that's it. Yeah. Let's move on to the ascetic, which I only learned after the fact is pronounced that way. I used to pronounce the C as a hard C. All right. So um, the ascetic is um, sort of a monk-ish disciplined um, yes. uh, character. They're, they're um, kind of defined by, uh, by their, their vow. Yes, that you are a hero with a code is how I like to put it. Mm -hmm. Which is which I sound which uh, saying it out loud now makes me think of Batman. But you know, I guess you could this yeah this could be Batman. You could do a Batman with the aesthetic. You'd have, mm -hmm. to, you'd have to really. It does explicitly say that you get yours from not breaking your vow, so that might be you might have to fudge that a little. But yeah, mm -hmm. thinking of it, you could do Batman with the mentor too. Actually, you could do the, you could have the the Dick Grayson Batman with Damian Wayne from uh, Grant Morrison's stuff in there. You could totally do that with the mentor. Mm -hmm. Batman's a lot of things. Is yeah, is, I think the lesson here. Yeah, I, I think uh, someone once said that you could pick four different playbooks and play four different Robins in a single game. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could have, yeah, Dick would be the legacy, and you could have Jason as probably the delinquent. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the ascetic. Yeah. Right. So, so uh, yeah. powers from from a vow. Um, yes. You have, it is specific. You have chosen to, you have sworn to give something up, and your power comes from the discipline of of that. Right. So uh, you said that uh, you you kind of try to have all of your playbooks uh, be about teen drama uh, displayed through superhero tropes. So what what teen yes. drama did you want to to do uh, with this one? Well, there's not. It's not a very common teen issue. I best. I guess the best way I can frame it is like, and this is gonna. This might get a little dark, but like you're addicted you're you're faced with an addiction and you have to like just have the sheer mental strength and fortitude to not go for you know that cigarette or something basically you have it's about abstaining and i didn't want to go for the religious angle of that because um for personal reasons let's say and so i just it's 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 about um yeah, it's about restraint, really, which is not <laughs> a common issue for a teen drama game. But you know, that's why it's a that's why it's a homebrew playbook, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it's a pretty um, pretty strict uh, uh, code in this one. Yes, uh, yes. the uh, you get uh, five chances before you're before you you just have to change playbooks. Uh, yes, and there are. 
there are some ways to uh, to reverse that, and there is there's an advancement that allows you to add another box. There, there's there, there's one for there's one above the line and one below the line, so you can have up to seven if you choose to play through this character in a long term way. But yeah, it's it's definitely easier to add than to subtract here, and that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is uh, interesting because a lot of the the moves uh, for this playbook have marking. Uh, marking your weakness track as a condition for using them. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, part of the, 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 I believe the best way to erase is to, yeah, it's the, it's the triumphant celebration is. Yeah. So if you, you really want to either just not, <laughs> not just like really play into that. It, it, it's a, it's serious. You don't want to, you don't want to mark your your weakness track, and I did try to be fair with the move in the extra. Te- when you are tempted to break your vow, it's just it's a you you can you can you you have to choose to mark a weakness track there because it's it's a you uh, it's a on a seven to nine choose one and a six minus choose two. And it's a bunch of uh, negative effects. One of which is to mark a weakness track. So, I I I didn't want to have this playbook be like doomed or anything because you know that is literally covered already. But I wanted it to be feel important. Really was the thing. I wanted I wanted your vow to feel important, and I think I've definitely accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It it definitely uh, feels. Um, uh, feels like like uh something serious for your character by giving by making it so limited. Like people say that the the dooms doom track is, is supposed to be you know scary to mark, but I've seen a lot of dooms just go mm, give give me them them doom sign. Ah uh, yes, I I can think of a few. Yeah. Um. Uh. So um I, I I have to call out uh chicken isn't vegan as an excellent <laughs> move name. Uh good reference. I've only read one volume of Scott Pilgrim. That move that I, I that was suggested to me. Mm-hmm. I, but, I, but I I have read it all, but I mostly remember it from yeah, from the movie. Uh, uh yes. But the one the one that I actually came up with is I remember Picking up the first vol- volume of uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, which she's not an aesthetic in the least, but mm-hmm. like one of the first panels is uh, she's Muslim, so she's like looking and at a deli into the, I believe it's bacon, and she says something about delicious, delicious infidel meat, and I really liked that reference. <laughs> I thought it would fit, so that's one of the that's one of the moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean. Um... Most of these are 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 very well named. Um, uh, is uh, there one that's mechanically your your favorite? Uh, I like dropping the weights just because of it's blatantly anime. <laughs> like there's that it's it's just it's it's the Rock Lee move. You get it's the it's the guy from Naruto and he takes off the weights and before he was kind of goofy but now oh my god he's a badass. He was wearing training weights this whole time. That's what that move is, and it's fun. Yeah, um, I also managed to sneak in a Star Wars prequel reference 
which if you know me, you know I'm all about those movies, grew up with them. So I, I managed to sneak in a Yoda quote from episode one in there. Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering is a move. Which, you know, yep. is appropriate. Mm-hmm. The Jedi are very monk-like. Yeah, I mean, where else can you get uh, a group that are monk, uh, diplomat, general, warrior, jeez, uh, how many other things are, are they in those movies? But yeah. Uh, yeah. Star Wars. Um, if that ain't truth, <laughs> just Star Wars. Yeah. Oh man, I could, I could have a whole podcast about Star Wars and specifically the Clone Wars era, but that's not what this is. Uh, no. <laughs> is there is there anything else you wanted to highlight about the aesthetic? Um, I let me just do a quick scan, make sure I'm not missing anything. Oh, I. I uh, there, here's a way that Star Wars is relevant. I made sure to give them powers that could let you have, if you wanted to, a lightsaber and the Force signature weapon. That's just that can just be anything, and uh, you can call you, you key manifest. Key is basically the Force, so the power key manifestation in com- in combination with signature weapon let, could let you just play a Jedi, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it is. Uh, in some playbooks, I, I feel like the 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 abilities are are a little, you know, just tacked on. You know, these are these are the the things that fit. But like, I, I these are yeah. are 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 kind of um, yeah, yeah. The they're very uh they're very on brand signature weapon elemental control. Uh, I, I'm seeing some. Some avatarish things there. Yes, I also wanted to be sure to let you uh, play a bender. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's that's everything uh, I wanted to talk about this playbook. Um, unless there's something you wanted to uh, to spotlight uh, before we move. I think on. I felt the insider. I think all the inside baseball, all the references and everything. All right. Uh, on to the split. This one's my most popular playbook by far. I've heard about people wanting to play and playing the split much more than anything else, which uh, isn't surprising. It is the Venom playbook or the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider playbook, if you like. Mm-hmm. I, it, it filled the biggest hole in the space, is how I like to think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I and, also see some Hulk references in there mm-hmm. yes um, that was mostly um that was mostly the work of my wonderful co-author for the split who goes by electric on discord i if you check out my itch page you can find his um, links and his discord tag you can you can find everything on my itch i'll be sure to plug that at the end of the show I, i've got some uh i've got some Right now they're just they're just Google Docs, but I've got some uh, stuff in the works to to gussy them up a little. I've I've talked to some people about that, so look out for that eventually. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, I, I will definitely uh, link out uh, to to your page uh, when, yes. when this goes up. Um, I mean, there there's no point in in highlighting creators and not linking out to their stuff. Yes, I agree, and I don't <laughs> um, know if that's narcissistic to say. I certainly wouldn't. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about the split. 
Yeah, so I, I, I have to ask before we get too deep into this. <clears throat> uh, how many people do you know have played this to, to play a character with an anime dark? You know? <laughs> the, it, that's the funny thing. I don't... I I never watched, like, Yu Yu Hakusho or Inuyasha as a kid. The only... Th- my first real anime was Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, and that was when I was, like, 13. So, I, um... This was this was approached from a purely comic book angle, but I will say that when I saw the um, YouTube channel Overly Sarcastic Productions, uh, one of the channel members, Red, put out a trope talk on something called Superpowered Evil Sides, and I was like, oh, hey, that's the split. And then she started slowly talking about more and more anime, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is just an anime book, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm... <laughs> I, I I I'm sorry. You you have you have tapped something in, in weeb culture in this playbook. I I I, I can see that now. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's let's talk about the signature extra. Uh, yes, your dark side. Okay, so the dark side is basically your powers have a mind of their own, and they're not nice. They don't really want to do what you want to do, and you have to fight for control inside of between you and your dark side and there's a couple there's a couple of moves for that and yeah basically your powers are actively working against you in a direct malevolent conscious way maybe you're possessed maybe you're um i had a character once who could uh, who applied to one of my games who could turn into uh, a big deer monster, and that was their dark side. My idea for the playbook was basically Demon Venom, where this kid who is just a who's who's a complete sweetheart happened to be born half demon, and his dad gave him a demon killer weapon to to clean up the demon problem on Earth. So yeah, your dark side can be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, uh, so when it. So, is the dark side um, uh, playing like when you play the dark side? Is that uh, the player playing two characters, or does the GM have control over the dark side as a more NPC-ish? Uh, yes, form? it's 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 the latter. The, the dark side is not played by the player, not directly anyway. There's 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 a there's a bit of a blurred line there. Where sometimes, depending on your character concept, there might not might not be able to tell. And in that case, I'd probably let the player. I'd see control to the player for any case where it's not clearly and directly the dark side, one hundred percent of the time. But yeah, you are you, and the GM is controlling the dark side as an NPC. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in cases where the dark side completely takes over, at I- as someone who I have you run run a, as a GM for someone playing with the split, I I came close a couple times, but I know that my 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 um co-author has definitely. Um, so I, I'm just wondering how you uh how as a GM you should be balancing like being in control as the dark side with you know not having the your uh, the the split player you know. Sitting around waiting to to to, to take back control, um, 
do you have any uh, tips for people wanting to play or uh, run games for, for the split about how to kind of handle that balance? The way I would do it is um, to invoke a trope with these with this sort of power set. It is the battle in the center of the mind, where you cut to perhaps uh, either a literal or metaphorical view of the character's inner consciousness fighting with their dark side. That's a good way to involve the player. Or, you know, you could just, like... I, I, it could even work where you're dark side and you are just, like, completely different uh, physical entities. And once you transform into your dark side, you just get sent somewhere else. And then you can do scenes in wherever that is. And that, that could definitely work as, as a split. Okay, that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't considered uh, doing it uh, doing it like that, where, where it's like a, a physical switch. Yes. Hmm. But yeah, it is... Um, I do think it's, it, would, it is going to have... You're going to have to trust your GM, and you should definitely not... It's a playbook that it's easy to be that guy with, I think, and no one wants that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, generally speaking, people... Like that guy is more a, a problem to solve, uh, you know, off the, away from the table than at the table. But. Yes, yes, but there are there are playbooks that are that that enable it more than others. Um, <clears throat> the delinquent, yeah, not 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 that I hate the delinquent or anything. It's it's a great book, but you you have to trust your player. Yeah, I'll, 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 there are a lot of players who see delinquent and think, ah, yes. It is time for me to play the asshole. <laughs> and I, this might be a bit of a hot take. You can play annoying character as long as it's just the characters that are annoyed. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ever cross over into actually annoying your your fellow players. So, um, moving on to the move. Um, yes. I think, uh, yes. This is the only one where I've managed to actually make every move a superhero reference, even if not all of them are comic book references. Some of them, there's a... Oh, no. Actually, that, that's right. One of them's a, a music reference, but it's definitely the highest volume. Yeah, so um, uh, unlike the, the other two playbooks, this one uh, uh, really uh, doesn't actually center... The, the splits extra. Yes. Um, I um I was in a a, a phase of my uh, of my design philosophy where I was really trying to let anyone take these moves. This was before I sort of come around, come back around, and been like, oh yeah, there's lots of masks moves that are, are tied to a to an extra. So I, I was really putting in the effort at this point to not do that. I mean, they're all very, um, very interesting. Uh, well, thank you. Um, uh, I'm always a- angry. It's actually um, a-, a really interesting one for me because um, it-, it is very reminiscent of the Bulls move. Um, In a China shop? Yeah. Yes, that's... we had to. Someone had the idea. The electric had that idea, I believe. And... I was a bit skeptical at first, but we workshopped it and managed to make it feel distinct enough, I believe, to stand on its own and not just have In a China Shop 2 on the book. 
mostly uh, because yeah. you have to you have to share a vulnerability or weakness to make to, to get rid of the effect mm-hmm. after after you clear angry at least. Uh, one of the moves that I really like is um is one of the ones that I actually didn't write. It's uh or is he both, which is an old Hulk rats. Some it basically lets you um be the bigger person and get a bonus to defending people who hate you, which is very uh Hulk. It's also very Spider-Man. I could see this move going to the Janus and being really effective. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I just when when you said said that uh, that you could use it for Spider-Man and the the name is he both? I, I just think of the the J. Jonah Jameson headline menace or menace. <laughs> uh, yeah, no the the reference there is um the the on the cover of the first Hulk issue it says the big like eye catch tagline thing is he a man is he a monster or is he both? And then later on, uh, more recently there was a there was a Hulk run. I think I think it was a run. I may be wrong. Uh, called that was called that, and so it's sort of a a dual reference there, mm-hmm. just because there was a, there was already a callback to that in in the Marvel canon. Yeah, um, it's it's a really uh, strong move. I mean, you could also I could also see you using this uh, as a transformed. Oh yes, definitely, big time. It's also um, uh, that. Uh, interesting to me that you created a uh, uh, that for the when our team first came together question. Uh, you yes, you went uh, uh, fairly uh, dark for it, uh, close to uh, along lines of the doomed uh, mm. question. Yes, we had to serp, we had to hurt someone badly to win. Who is it? Who was it? And how? I mean, there's nothing about death in that you are completely free as the splits player to say oh we sent um a bystander to the hospital and he's in a full body cast oops and that that's just the end of it mm-hmm. you, you can um you don't not all um injuries that are that could be classified as bad are tragic or life life altering they're just sort of you're in the hospital for a few months which you know sucks but you're going to be fine by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not so there's, there's nothing stopping you from just having something like that. But I do agree that it is one of the darker questions for when our team first came together. And that's just because this is the Venom playbook, the Ghost Rider playbook, the Hulk playbook. Things are going to get a little uh on that side of things just through the nature of the character that it's referencing. Yeah, the uh, the the team moves also have a bit of that that uh, the uh, a similarity to to the doomed uh, talking about overcoming your dark side and yes, uh, standing up to it. I, I also noticed that uh, that's also in the um, in the the advancement tracker for changing playbooks. Uh, that uh, that confronting your your dark side is in there. Um, yes, I. I like the playbooks that don't have either become a paragon or retire. I like it when that option is changed to something that fits the playbook. I just think that's that adds a little more mystique to the whole thing. It's like, oh, I can't even. I have to change playbooks to get like the normal ending. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of advancements, uh, uh, why did you choose uh, Friends in Low Places from the Reformed as something that uh, uh, that the split could uh, take on? You know, I um, I thought about changing this to instead take on a mentor from the protege, and I may still do that. But the 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 ethos behind the friends in low places decision was that you, the split is probably in a pretty dark place, and there's nothing that says that your friends in low places as just a reformed can't be like demons. Or vampires, or that dark warlock who lives down the street and he lives in a really big gothic mansion in the middle of New York, and somehow no one cares. I mean, look, uh, Doctor Strange gets away with it, so <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um. Uh. But yeah, yeah. Uh. Is there anything you'd like to spotlight before we move on to your last playbook? Mm, I'm looking through it. I don't think so. We let's move on to the hunter all right uh so um i'm i'm gonna uh call this out uh this is the blade playbook (laughs) i yeah i i um i don't know much about blade i know that he's a half vampire guy who hunts vampires and i deliberately put in partial infection as a power because i knew people were gonna ask for it (laughs) i i mean one of the moves is called daywalker so that's yeah, I actually was when I came up with this. I was actually thinking of more like a a Constantine or the Bloodstones family. But yeah, you could you could probably do this as Blade for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is about hunting the supernatural. Yes, as uh, someone who has been traumatized by the supernatural, and yeah, it even more so than the split that can get pretty heavy. So this is definitely a playbook to talk about. Probably gonna, uh, maybe probably gonna want to set up some lines and veils before you play this one, just to make sure that everyone's uh, comfortable and happy at the table because, you know, it's just common courtesy, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to uh, give us a quick rundown on the on the on the core extra for for the hunter? Yes, the the you get Ori for the hunter. And you get, it starts out with saying, letting you name the specific thing that you're hunting. And one of the options is cryptids, which I think would make for a fun character, just like this, like maybe this just (laughs) real hobo swamp man, like just guy who just the the weirdo that you see at the back of the bus and you're like, but it's also a teenager and he hunts monsters. I, I mean, you, I I could get some real uh, Dipper Pines uh, vibes from from being playing the the hunter as a uh, as a cryptid hunter. Yeah, I need to watch Gravity Falls. I I really do. So this this extra isn't just about what you hunt, but it's about uh, what happens when you counter the thing you're yes. hunting as well. Because um, this playbook implicitly is about. Uh, being traumatized and so you basically have a move where you defend yourself from having an anxiety attack which is uh you know fun but it's that's why 
like I said, lines and veils, make sure your whole table's okay with playing someone like this. I also explicitly call that out in the advice section. I, I try to, I, I'm trying not to, uh, I, I'd hate for anyone to get uh, emotionally hurt through something that I made that that's far from my intention. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's, I, I think that generally speaking, if, if you go out of your way to write something that that's going to be actively harmful to people, you're kind of an asshole. So I, I, I yes, assume most yes. people write with the best of intent. And that's absolutely uh, true for me. Um, so, so uh, in the moves, you uh, a lot of them uh, talk about uh, the supernatural or uh, as a general term that's separate from your uh, your quarry. Yes. You are a hunter of whatever your quarry is, first and foremost. But it's more than likely that you're also going to be able to take care of, you know, like you'd be able to do an exorcism, or you might come across a demon or two on the side and just be like, well, I'm the one who's most qualified here to take care of this, so let's get to work. Um... Yeah, Daywalker itself is very uh, uh, interesting uh, to me because it's I, I think one of the the few moves that that you can just clear one of your own conditions for well not free but at, at a just at a risk of uh, if you fail. Yeah. Yes, that was um that was yeah I I didn't really think that that would be too much of a problem you know. As always, if you're if you don't think that a player is doing something that's good for the whole game, just talk to them. So that's I didn't really. I, th- I think it's silly to think about balance, especially in a powered by the apocalypse game, and and a, and one of the more rules light ones like masks. Also, mm-hmm. so I, yeah. I, know, well, I, uh... I never really, I never really try to to make my playbooks balanced per se i just i i do trope emulation because that's what pbta is genre and trope emulation mm-hmm. oh yeah no i i, I was just like it, it's interesting because that's just usually not a uh like healing just generally isn't something a lot of in mass uh yeah uh it's usually some some uh, sort of either you know uh you know some sort of uh, like emotional thing where where yeah, it's you, can, you know triggering a comfort and support, or yes. uh, or uh, doing something to 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 blow off your condition, uh, like the uh, mm-hmm. uh, like the reformed. Uh, I forget what what the movie is called. The one where they can commit a, a victimless crime to clear conditions. I believe that one is blowing off steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's not unprecedented. There is the 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 newborn gets a move where they have a sixth condition and the way to clear that one is just through repair like it, it's you it's called damaged and literally you are damaged and you have to be repaired presumably because you're some sort of artificial robot or construct or golem or what have you and mm-hmm. your body does not heal on its own yep yeah i um there <clears throat> But yeah, uh, yeah, it's just like you know something I know, something that's that stands out as as a uh, like the just generally like other like you said, other than damage, usually 
masks doesn't concern itself with the idea of of healing as a as a physical action um right and it doesn't even have to be like you know your wounds knit back together you can healing can just be like you purge the the dark thoughts clouding your mind and you clear afraid that way or something like that because what it is at the end of the day it's just clearing a condition and what you're actually doing when you roll daywalker and choose healing is entirely up to you. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh, so, um, I also like the six minus for daywalker. Um, you use too much power and alert the nearest supernatural creature to your position. Prepare for a fight. It's very direct. Yeah, which no, that, I, I like. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's actually a, a really great like. Like, you, you sure you want to do this? You sure you want to do roll this with negative two freak right now? You're sure that's <laughs> okay? All right. Yeah. I, I guess we're doing this then. Yes, I, I am. I know I, that feeling for sure. Or I just look at a player and I'm like, you really doing this? Of course. I also have a outsider in a game right now with a negative lend danger who is just all fight all the time she loves to directly engage so i'm who am i to talk you know <laughs> i do that too all the time so um another Look, move from sometimes the... just has you make a bad decision oh yes ab- absolutely and that's why i love the 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 um, potential system where you get xp for doing badly it's because it, it doesn't it it disincentivizes settling into one role like in masks you're not really you you're you can't really be the guy who just you know the the warlock who casts eldritch blast every turn and, and that's really one of the things that i like about it yeah um all right uh so uh looking at some of the other uh move um I really like I've seen things. I think that w- that's a really uh, yeah um, strong yeah uh, like addition to to a to a comfort and support like on, on the comforty side, which you don't again don't see a lot of a lot of the 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 moves that modify comfort and support are all about being the person comforting. Yeah, uh, um, I, I really wanted to have. It's one of my favorite things where it's a quiet moment and one character is just reaches out with this really genuinely kind and tender gesture and this and the second character who is, you know, maybe normally closed off and not very um who doesn't let people in just can't help but to just break at that moment and just start to be vulnerable that's like one of my favorite emotional payoffs and so i wanted to put a move that sort of does that or at least encourages it in the hunter especially because again it's about trauma (laughs) uh something else that i'd like to um a little bit of behind the scenes is home turf which originally was going to be the extra for the hunter going to be about you have this territory and your you know that's your place and you're protecting it with all you have and you know 
that's your number one priority. And maybe you're not like, you know, this is my neighborhood, goddamn everything else. But it's definitely the one place that you'd protect if if you were forced to choose. And I I got decently far with it, and it just wasn't really working. So I was like, I need to approach this monster hunter idea from a different angle. And that's when I came up with the the idea for having it be about trauma. And so the but I wanted to keep that idea of having a a, a place where you are strongest. And so ended up being a move instead of the the extra. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a good move, and I, I I've definitely played with people who would who characters would have taken that um uh for themselves if they they had had the option. Uh, people would like you said a focus on on like a specific neighborhood or uh you know something like that. Yeah. Um. Can I can I can I hit you with a really niche reference here? As far, at least as far as there's like there's a character in One Punch Man who is um, he's one of the top 20, I believe, heroes called Watchdog Man, who is just a guy in a dog suit. And he's based on this local folktale legend of this dog who just hung around a train station every day and became kind of a, a local figure. And there's a statue of him there and everything. I just really like that. I just really like that guy. It's it's only tangentially related to the move, but it's what I think of every time I read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I can definitely see the uh, the the connection between the mm. the that character and this move. Yes, um. <laughs> it's not Watchdog Man is not a hunter, but he does have home turf in his arsenal. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think uh, that's pretty much all of uh, my uh, questions about the about the the hunter. Anything else you'd like to to spotlight? I'm. I mean, I I, I blatantly stole the name of a move from Monster of the Week. The 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 wizard playbook, and that has a move called Third Eye that that gives them a thing for their version of assess the situation which is investigate a mystery that's just the same move but for masks i'm gonna be honest i look if magpie's allowed to 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 take shut someone down from monster hearts uh and and give it to the star i think you'll be fine with this you know that that yeah that's that's fair i'm not Uh, i'm not big on monster hearts so i didn't know that that's what that was but you're right (laughs) yeah yeah the the cold and cruel is is almost word for word the same text as uh, the shut someone down move from from Monster Hearts. So interesting uh, that they managed to take a basic move and put, turn it into a playbook move. Uh, but I digress. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much everything I had to say about the hunter. Um, all right. So I, I guess um, now that we've gone through all four of your uh, playbooks, is there anything you want to talk about in terms of uh, like your general philosophy when writing playbooks? Uh, anything you've got going on right now? Playbooks in the work. Uh, well, I um, like I said, I like to take a real teenage issue and just sort of wrap a layer of superhero tropes around it. And um, I'll admit, there's not a lot of kids who are uh, out there f- 
fighting supernatural uh, creatures that the things that go bump in the night, but there is a sad amount of kids who are traumatized, and that's really what the heart of the playbook is. It's just in a fun skin where you get to fight werewolves or vampires or mummies if you want, because you know the, the way I always interpreted the doomed is you're the kid with a terminal illness, which is mm-hmm. also pretty dark, but it 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 feels like it has the most parallels to real life and would be the most relatable angle. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The playbook I, I wrote, the, the enduring is 100% about dealing with loss. Uh, yes. I, uh, I played with enduring, I believe once. And it was, I, I like the playbook. I think it's a good one. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, so do you, do you have anything, uh, in the works moving forward, uh, plans for a new playbook or uh, are you I don't uh, think of a break right now? I'm, I'm slowly weaving together plans to put out a big uh, homebrew masks book, just something like your agents of ages, your unbound your, uh, your house city Herald collections, but with more stuff that I've done, so I'm probably I'm I'm gonna put all of my playbooks in there. I have a play I have a runaways based playset that's in a playable state, but I don't really want to put that out just to the public until it's got all of the you know the the set dressing and lore and the stuff that the 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 fluff on it. And I've got a and other than that, I've got a couple um. If you've listened to uh, Protean City Comics, one of the GMs there, Brandon Leongina, has this came up with this idea that I believe he borrowed from some other PBTA games called Costume Changes, where it's a smaller playbook, sort of light playbook that you can bolt onto your current playbook and sort of have like you know a Spider Man. Spider-Man No More arc where you give up your powers or the the Aqualad from Young Justice Season 2 arc where you infiltrate the bad guys organization and you have to deal with your friends thinking that that's real or maybe it is real. There's that option too. But um, yeah, I've got some costume changes in the works. I'm working on some play sets and I think I'm probably going to put some custom moves in there as well. I've got a I've got a decent stock from um, an event that went on on Twitter a, a little while back in August 2020 month where uh, where uh, another someone else from Protean City Comics and Stop Hack and Roll put out a challenge to write a PBTA move every month and I did that and that you can find that on my itch that's probably that might go in there but uh, yeah right now I'm focusing on things that are not strictly playbooks because I haven't come up with a really good idea for another one. I'd like to come up with because that's a nice round number. I believe that's the same amount that's in Unbound and HCHC, but I haven't come up with anything in a while, so I've decided to shift my focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, when you uh, get uh, closer to, to release on, on, on that book, uh, feel free to, like, uh, you know, uh, message us, and we'll we'll see if 
we can get you back on for another interview you can uh give us a little bit more uh of an in-depth look at that i personally i'm a huge fan of runaways and i'm and other than my first dumb idea which is hey what if everyone plays the scion um <laughs> I, I'd be really interested to to see uh, what that looks like uh, when it's finished. Well, not to give too much away, but the playbook, the playset that I'm working on is more like Oops All Bulls because it replaces when our team first came together with When We Escaped, and which is when the the detailing your escape from some sort of uh, villainous organization that is now trying to hunt you down as of the start of play proper. But uh, yeah, that is um, that that should be the next thing coming. Um, it's I, I is I I feel I think I can share the title. It is Masks Vaunted, coming eventually to my itch page. All right, yeah, well, um, definitely uh, looking forward to that, uh, and we'll uh, of course be linking out to your itch page. Uh, yes, uh, in in the show notes. Um, if you, I don't often post about my TTRPG content, but if you just want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Kristalavaki, C R Y S T A L A V O H K I I. That that's that that's the that's sort of my main platform. You can find me um, retweeting a lot of robot art and yelling about things that I like there. So if that sounds like something that you're interested in, feel free to hit me up. Yep, and we'll we'll also be uh, linking out to that uh, in the show notes. Uh, so uh, to to our listeners, please go to the show notes. Uh, go go uh, buy things on itch. Go follow people. We we have cool fun people on the podcast. Go go follow them. Thank you for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you for being part of this this little project that we're doing to to help elevate a bunch of uh, masks creators and. Uh, uh, like I said before, I, I, I hope you uh, you come back when, when your book's ready. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a real fun time. I never thought that uh, my, my silly little role-playing game project would lead to being invited on a podcast. Uh, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> we're, we're pretty small, but we... Uh, I, uh, one, of, one of our goals this year is to uplift as many uh, creators as possible, and, and we uh, I, I hope you you've had had a good time uh, uh, getting interviewed with us. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been fun. All right, well, uh, thanks again, and to all of our listeners, uh, uh, have a good night, and we'll uh, uh, talk to you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.